0: On this week's show, we're going to be talking about my three-step process to running the perfect service club. Welcome to Cracking the Code, the show that helps you overcome the challenges you face every day in contracting and keeps you on the cutting edge of emerging trends and best practices. Are you or someone you know interested in starting a career in the HVAC industry? Well, the EGI Foundation is now accepting applications for its 2020 scholarship program. This is one of the leading programs dedicated to solving the ongoing employee shortage in the trades and increasing the influx of young talent into the workforce. The EGA Foundation Scholarship Program gives up the 20 awards of $2,500 apiece to students pursuing an HVAC degree or certification in an accredited community college, technical or vocational school, or approved technical institute during the 2020 to 2021 academic year. Applications can be submitted now on the egafoundation.org scholarship website. Now, we got a great question recently from one of our viewers that perfectly tees up today's content. Here's the question. The question says, Dear Mr. Long, that's me, I've often heard you say that your philosophy is to have a sales company that happens to sell and service HVAC systems. I think that's really important. We've got to have a sales and marketing mindset that we sell and install HVAC systems, of course, but we've got to focus on sales. I couldn't agree more. In our residential HVAC company, I almost feel like I have two departments, sales and sales support. In regards to the sales support functions uh, of my service department, can you talk about how your process for a service call can be used to get more positive reviews, sell more service agreements, and get my techs comfortable having the repair versus replace conversation? Well, folks, that's a great question. And I've recently refined my service call process into a simple three-step process that is simple enough to run on every service call. This ensures that every tech can run the process and feel good about it so that actually will use it. Now, let's review a recent video I produced with EGIA, and I produced this to teach the simple yet powerful three-step process, starting with step one, building a relationship with the homeowner. Now, if you look at your screen, you're gonna see where I have outlined kind of the core three steps to running a successful service call. Uh, I divided it up this way because I think it's very simple for us to learn and to be able to implement into the service tech process. You know, when I'm running a sales call or when I'm helping service uh, tech run a service call, I think it's really helpful to kind of know where you are in the process. Now, some of the activities that we engage in in each of these steps, you know, obviously they're going to kind of bleed over. There's going to be some overlap, right? You might do some relationship building in step 2, right? So, this is just kind of a theoretical conceptual kind of way to look at the service call so that you know uh that uh you know where you are in the process. If you look at the model here, step 1 it's kind of that introduction. We first get to the house. We're going to get a time commitment. Explain why we're there, and I'll go into these things in detail here in a moment. We're going to get permission to offer additional solutions, and we're going to use the four method to build relationships. Obviously, relationships are critically important to the the whole process. If you look at step two, there, this is where you perform your what I call mechanical magic. Right? It's your mechanical mechanical analysis. Whether it's a tune up or whether it's a service call, demand service call. This is where you work your magic and do your thing. We're going to talk about relative perceived value, how you build value in the course of that service call, that service tune-up or that repair. We're going to talk about doing some show and tell with your homeowner, but not overdoing it and sounding like a tattletale, right? We don't want to rat out the system. We want to just you know, share some information with the homeowner. And then we're going to talk about how you don't minimize problems. You don't necessarily have to overblow them, but you don't want to mis- minimize them. And then step three is the most critical part of the process. In fact, you know, two-thirds of your income is going to come from how well you perform in step three. Because this is where we sit down with the homeowner, summarize our findings, make recommendations, and then of course ask for the order. So uh, let's get started and start with step one. We'll just work our way through the information. Uh, step one, as I mentioned, the very first step, and I'm not going to insult your intelligence, but obviously you're going to introduce yourself to your homeowner. Uh, hopefully you're wearing booties, and if you have a welcome mat that you use, uh, many companies will have a welcome mat uh with their company logo they'll put down to make sure they they get their feet clean. Then, of course, they put the booties on. Obviously, when you get there, you're going to introduce yourself uh, to your homeowners. Uh, what's your name? What's your company? You know, and you want to just make that brief introduction, make that great impression. Hopefully, you've parked on the street. You can, Mr. and Mrs. homeowner, is it okay where I parked out in the street? You're going to get the yes, right? That's kind of your first yes. That's kind of your first uh, uh, agreement that you're going to have with your homeowner. Then, what we want to do is we want to have uh, time commitment. Make sure that we have enough time to do our job. And of course, explain why it takes so long. Now, here's why that's really, really important. Obviously, when you run a proper service call, it's going to take some time to do your maintenance or do your repair, whatever you're there doing. And you got to remember, in step three, which you need about 15 minutes to really do an effective job on step three. That's where you're going to make all your money, right? Step three determines your zip code. It determines when you retire. It determines how much bank you have in the money and the money in the bank when you retire. It, it, It determines whether or not your kids go to Disneyland this year because all of your money the vast majority of your money is going to be made in step three based on you know your recommendations and whether or not the homeowner accepts your recommendations so this process takes time and one of the things that we know is that in step three you want to have a sit down conversation with your homeowner you don't want them shooing you out of the house uh, while you're trying to make recommendations walking out of the house so you gotta make sure that you have time to do your job and you gotta make sure you leave ten or fifteen minutes at the end so you can have your summary, your recommendations, and ask for the order. The only way to do this is to get a time commitment up front. Now, one of the things you can do is very simply, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, this process is going to take about 90 minutes, depending on the number of questions you have and what I find. Is that going to be okay for you today? And then when they say yes, I want you to look at your watch and confirm. So if it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon, you would say, so there's nowhere you have to be at exactly 3:30. Now, this is really important because sometimes the homeowner might think, yes, I have 90 minutes. Because they got to the, uh, get the kid at 3.30. But what if they have to leave at 3.15 you know, or 3.20? Now you're right in the middle of your summer, your recommendations. They're going to say, hey, i got to go pick up my kid. And all of a sudden, they're going to say, email me you know, uh, your ideas, your recommendations, right? Kiss of death, right? You're not going to be able to sell your recommendations via email. You want to make these recommendations and have your homeowner either accept the recommendations or reject them, but you want them to do that to your face. It makes it too easy for them to say no, if you're emailing you know recommendations over emailing bids emailing whatever right so you want to make sure that you have enough time but here's something else that's really important think about this for a moment the fact that you're very thorough the fact that it takes you an hour and a half or so to run a service call that's good for the homeowner correct because that means you're doing a good job you're not hurrying through the process but sometimes the fact that it takes as long as it does can backfire on you and can actually detract from the value that you're trying to create for your homeowner. Here's what I mean by that. If your homeowner had someone else do a maintenance, for example, last year or two years ago, and it took them 20 or 30 minutes, they can actually get frustrated and aggravated with you when it takes an hour and a half because they think it's supposed to take 15 or 20 minutes. So what should be a lot of value creation in terms of the thoroughness, the time you're taking, can actually backfire. I've seen this a million times on service calls, right? The service technician forgets to uh, explain why it takes as long as it does. And next thing you know, you're an hour into the call. The homeowner's getting impatient. How much longer are going to take? That type of thing. So one of the things that's important to do after you qualify your commitment is you want to make sure that you explain why it takes as long as it does. You'll say something like this. Now, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, uh, when I do this repair or when I do this diagnostic, when I do this maintenance, whatever it is, uh, I'm going to be extremely thorough. I'm going to go through every component, inspect it. Make sure it's working properly. Try to find the problems and make the proper diagnostic uh, to get you repaired. It's a very thorough job, but to do it right, it takes a little extra time. So while some people may come in and do something very quickly, I'm going to take my time and make sure I diagnose this thing very, very thoroughly. Uh, I'm sure that's the kind of service you expect. That's why it takes a little bit longer to do it that way, right? So you're letting your homeowner know why it takes the amount of time that it takes, right? Because you don't want that to backfire. You don't want them tapping their watch saying, why is this guy taking so long? Uh, again, that's going to make it very difficult if they're getting impatient when you try to make your recommendations at the end. So do your introduction, qualify your time, and then explain why it takes as long as it does that will help you build value. And your homeowner will tell you, yes, that's the kind of you know, quality I expect, right? Because you're going to say, that's the kind of service and quality you expect, I'm sure. They're going to say, yes. Now, they want you to be thorough, they want you to take your time, they can't get frustrated at you for taking your time, right? Make sure that you explain why it takes as long as it does. Uh, the next step is to get permission to offer additional solutions. I mean, think about this for a second. As I mentioned earlier, you, make, you get paid in this industry based on the number of problems that you solve for your homeowners. But you can't solve problems you haven't identified. And so we want to make sure that we're very thorough and identify additional problems But you don't want to seem like you're pushy and and rude at the end saying, hey, you need this, you need that. It's really important if you get your homeowner's permission to bring other issues to their attention. You'll say something like this. Now, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, as I'm doing your diagnostic or repair, oftentimes I'll find other issues with code repair, safety issues, indoor air quality, comfort issues, that type of thing. If I find any of those additional problems, is that something I should bring to your attention or should I just keep that information to myself? Obviously, they're going to say, well, no, no, if you find something, tell me. Now when you go to, uh, to them at the end with your recommendations, they can't get mad at you for recommending these solutions, uh, identifying these problems and bringing them to their attention because they've told you they want you to bring them to their attention. So you kind of put the burden on them, right, so you're free to make the recommendations you got to make at the end. this is very, very important to get the permission to offer the additional solutions. And then, of course, I'm going to give you kind of a generic discussion here about relationship building. Obviously... Relationship building is key. People buy from people they like. But remember this, people also buy from people who like them. So when you're building a relationship with your homeowner, you want to communicate, hey, you should like me because I'm a good person. But you also want to communicate, hey, I like you as well. So how do we do that? Well, let's talk about the first part of relationship building. I like to use the old Zig Ziglar form method, family, occupation, recreational uh, activities, and material possessions, right? In other words, ask your homeowner about their family if you see pictures, right? If you see some uh, recognition from their work, ask about their work. What do you do for a living? How would you get in that line of work? How long have you been doing it? Was your family in that business? Right, just ask questions that show a genuine interest in what's going on in their life. I can tell you that 99% of the time, whether or not the homeowner takes your recommendations at the end will depend on the strength of the relationship they have with you. So you've got to invest in that relationship. You've got to take the time to ask questions. So ask about their family, what they do for work, right? Uh, If you see a Harley or a boat or something, ask about those material possessions. Ask about, you know, their recreational times, if they went on vacation and what they did and where they went. Show genuine interest in your customer, and you're going to see your average ticket. You're going to see people accepting your recommendations uh, happen a lot more often. Average tickets go up. People accept your recommendations more often. You have to invest in the time. Now, here's the flip side of that coin. As I mentioned, people also buy from the people who like them. You have to communicate to your homeowner that you like them, that you think they're a cool person, that they're a good person. How do you do that? Well, it's a very simple technique ask their advice about something, anything, right? Anything they're interested in. If you see they have a Harley in the garage or a boat, say, you know, Mr. Homeowner, I've never had a motorcycle before, but I've been thinking the last couple of years I should get one. What would be the first thing you'd tell me to do if I was thinking about buying a motorcycle or a boat or learning to fish or whatever it is, right? If you see hunting pictures, they got a bunch of, you know, trophies around, hunting trophies around the room, right around the house. You know, I've never been much into big game hunting, but if I was going to, where would you recommend I go or, or learn how to do that? Let them get invested in you. Let them start explaining something to you that's super, super interesting to them. Because who do you ask advice from? You ask advice from people you like and trust. So the message I'm communicating to my homeowner is, hey, I like and trust you. And of course, everything you do in the call is going to get them to like and trust you. But if you like them and they like you, there's a good opportunity right there to do some business at the end. So invest in the relationship. This whole first step is not going to take you more than 10 or 15 minutes. And by the way, the relationship building phase, as I mentioned in the introduction, it's going to cross over. You're going to be doing this stuff in the middle, and the end. You're always building that relationship. I was just on a call with a guy just a couple of weeks ago. And the relationship with these homeowners was absolutely outstanding. Turned into be a three and a half hour call. Turned into from a service call into a replacement opportunity. Uh, I was a selling technician. By the time he went through the whole process, we ended up being there three and a half hours. But the relationship was so strong that at the end, when we made the recommendation for a new system, they said, well, we'd like to get a couple of other bids. And I was able to jump in and say, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, you've been a service customer of ours for 15 years. I want to do everything in my, uh, my power to make this, impossible for you to say no to. What do I have to do to earn your business today? And all it took was some free financing, some 0% financing, and we signed them right then. Instead of walking out letting them get two more bids and risk losing the job, we found out what it would take to get their business, and we sold the job uh, right away. Why is that important? Well, because you know, if your homeowner starts digging around with other companies, uh, the, the universe starts conspiring you know, against you, and all kind of bad things can happen. But for me to be able to say, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, I really want your business. I want to make it hard for you to say, no, what do I have to do? I can only do that because the relationship was so strong. If I walk in the house and do that in 15 or 20 minutes, it's going to seem pushy. It's going to seem very, very salesy, right? So you have to have the relationship. The relationship, the strong relationship with your homeowner gives you the foundation on which you can ask those tough questions. You can ask the pointed questions. You connect with them, get in there and get dirty at the end, Ask the order, let them know you want the business. But you can only do that if the relationship is strong. Now, that's kind of a quick outline of step one. I want to share with you, uh, we'll have this available as a download or uh, how we can email this to you. But I've got a sheet here uh, called Six Crucial Conversations. And the first three of those crucial conversations are really the, the conversations you're going to have in the first step. And I want to share them with you. Step one qualify time, let your homeowner know how long to expect you in their home and plan your service so that you have time for your summary recommendations and close at the end. And it might sound something like this, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, the service today will take about 90 minutes depending on how many questions you have. Is that going to be okay? Great. So there's nowhere you need to be at exactly 3.30. Perfect. Number two, explain how detailed and thorough you will be and explain why it takes the amount of time it does. Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, the service is extremely detailed and thorough. When we perform a maintenance or a service, it's like removing the engine of your car, inspecting and cleaning every component takes a little longer to do it right, but I'm sure that's the kind of service you expect from us. Yes, that's what I want. Now they can't get mad at you for taking an hour and a half. Number three, get homeowners permission to bring up additional problems and issues. Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, as I evaluate your home comfort system, sometimes I find additional issues regarding safety, efficiency, indoor air quality, et cetera. If I discover any of these issues, is that something I should bring to your attention or just keep the information to myself? Very three very easy sentences to learn right here. And again, we'll make sure you can get these through a download or we'll email them to you. We'll figure that out uh, towards the end of the, uh, of the broadcast here. But what I want you to understand is there's nothing complicated about what I'm talking about. It's three sentences, right? The rest of it is your common sense and your relationship building. But you just get your time commitment, explain why it takes as long as it does, get permission to offer additional solutions, three simple sentences, and you're set to go. Now you're prepared to really get in the mix and run a proper service call. You've laid all the foundation. You've done everything you need to do. uh, You've built that strong foundation of relationship, uh, of explaining what's going to happen, making sure that they know you're delivering significant value to them and to their family. Now, as you can see, step one is all about building a strong foundation and that relationship. We use this to get formal permission to offer additional solutions at the end of the call. Just like a house, everything depends on your foundation. And when you're engaging your customer, that means building a relationship both personally and professionally. Building a relationship that exceeds the customer expectations is absolutely mandatory when it comes to asking for those online reviews. Next week, we're going to conclude this discussion with steps two and three, and I'm going to show you how it all comes together. Now, if you're interested in learning more about this topic, and I know you are, I'd encourage you to sign up for our 30-day free trial by clicking Join at the top of this page this is just a small piece of the process and you need the whole thing to make it all work now we have a lot more content from gary alex and myself uh, on in-home sales including my entire core sales training program and quizzes for your salespeople gary also has a video on sales management which is critically important when he deals with hiring new salespeople compensation for sales professionals and a ton of other stuff so sign up for a free thirty day trial and check it out for yourself well folks that's our show for today join us next week we're gonna continue the three-step process I'm gonna be talking about steps two and three to running the perfect service call. That's our show, we'll see you next week. Until then, bye bye for now.